0: we are handing the mic to each other and giving each other moments of empowerment to make an impact. If we're constantly going to administrators and getting the answer of no, what people learn is to not go back to that office door anymore. And that, I think that that is, um, that's a terrible thing. That's a terrible message to give.
1: Mm-hmm. Chris Jones here and welcome to Seeing to Lead, a show designed to help leaders increase their ability to effectively support, engage, and empower their staff through intentional practices so that they create an environment, where everyone reaches their greatest level of success. On Seeing to Lead, communication rules the day as we hear voices from both teachers and leaders in an effort to examine perspectives, highlight misunderstandings, and provide steps to ultimately bridge the gap between what teachers need and provide through thoughtful dialogue. This show is about amplifying voices, creating understanding, and providing information to help everyone continually improve. I want to personally thank you for taking the time. Now, let's get to getting better. Neely is currently a technology teacher and digital learning coach for Natick Public Schools in Massachusetts. Neely is passionate about bringing unconventional learning to students and colleagues, empowering them to bring their strengths and passions to school every day. After an 11-year adventure in the classroom, Neely's technology integration role at the elementary level for the next three years pushed her to see the importance of a thriving culture and led her to write, Lead Beyond Your Title creating change in school from any role. Neely continues to grow as a teacher and coach after taking the leap to middle school as a MassQ committee member and champion, brain pop certified educator, and enthusiastic presenter. She's committed to sharing her passions beyond the school community and is always excited to connect with other educators. Boy, I have to tell you, I am super excited to talk to you today, Neely, because I've seen you present an enthusiastic presenter, you might be understating it a little bit. So welcome to the podcast.
0: Oh, thank you so much, Chris. And I am so happy to be here and I've seen you present as well. And I can surely say the same thing. I admire your passion for this field and all that you're doing to empower your colleagues near and far and, and give people a voice and i just think that's so awesome so i'm honored to be here with you
1: that's great this is going to be this is going to be a really good time i i can't wait for this i'm excited i figure we'll start with so you know you talk about passion and you talk about empowering people and jumping back and forth and things like that or taking the leap so to speak what do you love about being a school teacher slash leader because i i see you as a school teacher leader especially after the book you wrote
0: oh thank you so much i love and i think my role is unique because I mean, we can leave from any role, right? So you can do this from the classroom as well. But I actually have the opportunity now as a middle school specialist in my schedule to teach classes of middle schoolers like fifth through eighth grade. And I also have blocks in my schedule where I can connect with colleagues and coach colleagues. In fact, last year, there was a period of time where I was only doing um, digital learning and innovation and that really happened a lot over the period of time where we went remote too. So I was connecting with teachers that like I hadn't even met every single day virtually. And so I think when you have, when you're able to do both, the idea that I can show up every day and have opportunity to try to empower kids and to give them that permission and freedom to empower me right back, or a lot of times (laughs) it happens the other way around and they empower (laughs) me first as well as um, to reach colleagues, which sometimes it can't happen in real time right now. It's either virtual or I'm making videos. It's really, it's inspiring to like have that uh, potential in my hands and that freedom and permission to give myself to say, you know, I I can lead my students, I can also lead my colleagues and I am open and vulnerable enough to give them the freedom and permission and be approachable um, in sharing that message when I see them that I want that as well. You know, what can I learn from you? And I think that thinking in it that way, I kind of wake up every day, even in this crazy situation that we're in, sort of ready for that journey. To be together with colleagues and students, and just learn together as much as we can.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that shows your passion right there—that everybody's in it together and working to support each other, and then everybody gets on board and everybody's empowered that way. You know, you talk so much about leading and how people empower you first when you lead that it really makes sense why you wrote that book—that you can really lead no matter what your title is from any position. Um, it's more of an attitude. Along those lines, you know, and it's difficult to to put a book out, especially, but along those lines, what would you consider your, your biggest accomplishment as a a teacher slash leader? I guess I'll call you.
0: Well, I think that the biggest accomplishment in terms of what was most challenging is probably to realize that I had a story to share. And I think that starts with the very first time um, I was in the classroom six years ago. And I I was sort of new to Twitter, but not really. Maybe I'd been tweeting for like a year. And I decided after going to my first ed camp that I was going to try it with my students. And I was not the first person in the world to try it with my students, but it was pretty new, right? This idea of student ed camp and even ed camp in general. And when I tweeted about it, an educator in uh, Florida had said, this is great, when can we read your post? Like something (laughs) to that effect. And I was like, you know, I just wrote it like... (laughs) So I remember being so nervous, just, you know, I had, you know, I I didn't consider myself a writer and um, certainly not an author. And just coming to that realization that it's okay to see yourself as someone who can inspire beyond the classroom, right? And I I write a lot in the book about um, leading with our students, right? Getting that energy into the hallways and inspiring people around us that way, which also took time to learn as well. But I I think that that first post was like kind of an icebreaker to then write more and to see that things that I was trying in the classroom and, and, you know, joining this pirate revolution, starting with Teach Like a Pirate, brought me to a place where I was not as afraid to try risks. So the more we did together that I was trying, especially after reading Learn Like a Pirate as well, and that really got my students leading. All of a sudden, I was like, yeah, you know what? This stuff is worth sharing. And then all of those posts eventually led to um, having the opportunity to write the book about this theme of empowering people to lead um, beyond their own titles, including students, right? And that's really where it started. And that was hard. (laughs) So I think that, like, I think that writing it was one of the hardest things that I've ever set out to do. But I think what's what's the the first step in order to even get to that point is for us to realize that no matter what role we're in, kids too should be sharing their stories that it's okay. And if it impacts only one person, then it's worth it. Or if it impacts only ourselves as a way to reflect on the work that we're doing and to grow from it, it's worth it. So I think that's, that's it. I hope that answers the question.
1: No, absolutely. And you know, I, I, (laughs) You went beyond answering the question. <laughs> that, that's, that's such <laughs> a powerful thing. <laughs> no. That's such a powerful thing because it's it's about, you know, everybody's got a story, but that story resides with their passion that they have. And it's funny because when I hear your name, that's the first thing I think of. And to think that you have that that story inside of you and somebody else that was kind of passionate about the same thing far away on Twitter, their passion bled over to you. And kind of lit your fire a little bit to get to get you going to write that. So, but that's that doesn't happen all the time, right? So we can be passionate about things and want to take off with things, but oftentimes we run into roadblocks. I know that happens as a leader for me. I, I know other people it does, colleagues, and I know it happens for teachers on a regular basis in the classroom often with students or or whatever. So how do we get that passion to spread to other people? Do you have any suggestions about that for anybody? Sure. Is it contagious, I guess? (laughs) How do we get it together? It is
0: contagious, but we have to be careful, right? We can't be passion pushers, right? We have to be. And I've done it, you know, and that was the biggest mistake I made. So, I mean, kind of in terms of this teacher who asked me to write a post, you know, the, the real reason that I went from the classroom to technology integration roles and coaching roles is because a friend and mentor of mine whose child I had had in class said, have you ever considered this, right? So a lot of times we take the leap because people notice something in us that we hadn't noticed ourselves. And I think that's powerful because I think it models reaching out to others and tapping into their strengths and passions and going out of our way to make sure they see their potential, right? So those those two pieces were so powerful for me from both educators. And we have to understand that fueling ourselves and knowing our passion and knowing our why is huge. But the thing that I really respect about the PIRATE acronym is that there's more than one letter. And so when I...
1: Right, right.
0: (laughs) I could totally live on the P, right? And the E. But something that I write about in terms of, you know, I had done some leading my colleagues and I was definitely a team player, but I didn't really push myself to lead them in a way that I was proud of until I started entering that tech integration role. But I made a lot of mistakes and I flooded inboxes and I wanted people to be excited about the same things I was excited about. I mean, I had just had 24 kids who anytime I came and said like, hey, want to try this? They were like, oh yeah, right? And they'd put their own spin on it and they'd go to town and they were hungry for it. And it's not that I don't think that um, colleagues were hungry to be inspired I don't see that in people. I think that we are. It's all about the delivery. So if I'm constantly pushing, hey, try Genius Hour, try Ed Camp, right? You want to be superheroes with us? You want to read all the pirate books? Then it's overwhelming and people see you as just having your own agenda versus trying to connect. So I, I I think that to me, what really had to take the front seat was rapport. And it was a hard lesson. And so I think my my biggest advice for People in my situation who want to make an an impact and want to inspire colleagues have to connect with them before anything else. And I think if we miss that, then we make a much harder road for ourselves. And so what I ended up doing was really sitting down with people, showing up whenever they needed me and just listening. Like How could I be the best uh, you know, digital learning coach, technology integration um, person for them in that moment? And then how could I help them get to where they wanted to be? And how could I listen to their passions? And what happened was, started forming deeper relationships with people because they could see that I was invested in them. And what I realized is that like my biggest passion was exactly that, connecting with people, right? And so through that, I earned their trust, And then we had this relationship where we could share our passions together and that gave them confidence to move forward, to um, try some risks and to try some more innovative uh, types of teaching and learning, but with my support and with my investment and with my trust. And I think that that made all the difference. In terms of administrators, I think that the biggest thing they can do to support this concept that it's important to bring passion to school is give us time. Right? That's, you, need that's to, powerful. you need to prioritize it in a way that is going to give us time to explore it together, to connect over our passions. Because if we don't have that time, then it's not seen necessarily as something that should um, come to school, right? I've actually had conversations with teachers. I can remember one where, you know, she said, I. This is sad, but there's just no time to bring my passion to school. And so I think that that's, that's hugely important. And then once we have time to actually discuss, what are we bringing personally with us that we're passionate about? You know how Dave Burgess and Teach Like a Pirate, we talk about personal passion, content passion, professional passion. How do we bring them? Where is there room for them? And I think that we miss the boat here if we don't allow teachers to connect over them. So like Chris and I, you know, Chris, if we have the same professional passion, let's talk about it. Wait, you're, you're interested in giving kids more time, uh, you know, with innovation. Me too. (laughs) right? Let's talk about it and collaborate. And then it brings people together. And when you get more minds together, you can do, right? We all know this. You can do some really powerful things.
1: And it's so, I mean, it, it makes so much sense because we make time or we carve out time, no matter how busy we are, it always seem we always seem to find time to do the things we want. And so the message I think for leaders is that if you're not allowing teachers to have that time, or you're not cutting aside time for that during the day, The clear message is that it's not that important or that other things are more important than that. So I think that's something that that really needs to be paid attention to as leaders. Like what you're talking about with passion, it's it's all wrapped up in the whole idea of supporting, engaging, and empowering. Or or it's the it's the bottom layer, if you want, that those three things sit on top of. Because without that passion, those aren't going to happen. One of the things that you know, there are a lot of teachers that are good about it um, when they when they break away in the classroom and they, they get those students engaged and empower them to, to go after their passions is that you get that, all those different viewpoints. And so I guess the question or the thing important for leaders to, to decide or figure out is how do we honor the differences in the teachers? Because we can be passionate about something. And like you said, to go back to what you said about, look, everybody's passionate about something. They've got something in their lives that they're passionate about. How do we make space for that or how do leaders make space for that? So I guess I would ask you, you know, what do you see as some of the the key things that a leader can do to support, engage, or empower teachers in their school? Because once that, I mean, once that occurs, really, really things start to happen. But there's always that little bit of fear that you can't bring too much of outside inside from some leaders. And there's always that little bit of nervousness and there's always... Like you stepping out and writing a book or you following up with that person for that tweet, there's always that concern about a person's individual passions that other people don't care that much about it until it's recognized. So that's a feat for leaders to get their teachers to understand that they do care about their passions and they mean something. So do you have any advice that way?
0: Sure. And I love the point that you made about this um, being a model for our students, right? Like if they don't feel a culture where bringing who you are to school, your strengths, your passion, your stories, right? If they don't feel that culture happening from the teachers and happening from the administrators, then we can't expect them, right, to follow their own passions if they don't have any examples of what that looks like. And in life, right, and you know, especially for their futures, understanding the work that's going to get them running in, understanding how to use their skills and put it into something that they're going to invest in to make their own contribution to the world and to follow those things that matter to them in life. It's so, so important. And, you know, I always think about like, always comes back to it. I tell my kids, like, first of all, you're going to be our leaders in the future, right? But like, why wait until tomorrow? Like you can be leading us today. And I think that if we don't show how that's possible, and we don't honor that in ourselves, then um, we're missing like a critical way that we can connect with them and help them. So I love that. I love that point. In terms of that, going back to that culture though, and kids feeling that of administrators, building an atmosphere where differences are recognized, where we embrace them, we bring them to the spotlight is is key in the, in the The only way I have seen that happen, and I I can only speak from my experience, and I am in an incredibly uh, thriving culture right now, is that as an administrator, um, lead with your heart. Administrators that I've had that have led with their heart, that have let themselves be seen, that have modeled the importance of bringing who they are, that, that has to happen first, right? And... In doing so, they're modeling the importance of us seeing each other and us seeing our students and our students seeing us, right? So right now, um, you know, we have a very deep theme in our culture that has a lot to do with the no place for hate work that we've been doing where we're really sort of pushing ourselves to see beyond the surface in everyone. And that's been really powerful. So I think that's first and foremost. I also think that leaders who show up, who make themselves physically visible and i know that's really hard to do with with you know certain covid guidelines and all of that but typically who come to classrooms who go out of their way to be seen and talk to people right um, i think that and this came up in an ed camp the other day is that even when you know when principals go around and they make observations they pop in and out of classrooms not only when they write like their, you know, their, their positive feedback, are they giving their teachers confidence? They're also studying them. So the more an administrator goes around the building and sees what's happening or asks people to tweet what's happening, share, 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 they're studying their people. And so now if I know what's going on and I see my teachers teaching on a daily basis, I actually know what their strengths and passions are and I can encourage them to use it and I can tap into what they have to offer by asking them to lead in certain ways by delivering that to other colleagues, right? And so you start to see this culture of, of administrators delegating when they know their people. So showing up and asking us to share who we are is huge. And so like last year, you know, our, our principal took this concept of, you know, we've seen this before, you know, what we wish our teachers knew, right? As students writing to their teachers. And she said, what do you wish your principal knew? Principles, I should say, and you know, it was so powerful, right? It was a Google right. form that then we could open up for for you know face to face conversation as well. But this was huge. So with 150 staff members, right? Obviously, you want to get around to the building as much as you can. But something as powerful as I say, oh my gosh, this took me like an hour. I'm like, I don't know what to say. And then the more you <laughs> thought about it, I'm like, oh, well, I you should know that I'm like, I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> Middle school is new for me. Oftentimes I wonder if I should go back to elementary school, you know, but it's because of your confidence in me that keeps me going. I would have never thought to say that on my own, right? So I think that knowing your people and showing up is a really big deal. And then like one thing that I definitely write about that I will... This very long answer with (laughs) is um, establishing. It's a good answer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thank you. Is establishing that pass the mic culture. I am so passionate about this. And when we can pass the mic to our students, when administrators can pass the mic to staff members, and when staff members can pass it right back to administrators, what to me, what that really means is that all voices are heard and in different ways. We can express our voices in different ways. And I think that we really have to honor that as teachers with students as well. And that we're all seen and we're all valued that it doesn't end there, right? That we are handing the mic to each other and giving each other moments of empowerment to make an impact. If we're constantly going to administrators and getting the answer of no, what people learn is to not go back to that office door anymore. I think that that um, that's that's a terrible thing that that we that we want, that's a terrible message to give. And so I, I think that when we learn to pass the mic and also know when to grab it back, <laughs> that I, I think that we have a culture of of people who are more confident in sharing their ideas and and being influential in really awesome
1: ways. You're giving out so many strategies and so many great things for people to listen to. I could talk to you all day, but let me just take a second here. I just want to mention some of the people sponsoring this podcast. So we'll be right back after this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Better Leaders, Better Schools, the place out-of-the-box leaders in education turn to to grow their leadership skills. Maybe you're interested in making better decisions, creating your idea week, or building a world-class culture. Learn more at betterleadersbetterschools.com. That's betterleadersbetterschools.com. Okay, and we're back with Neely, and there are some key takeaways, and I think there are some key strategies for administrators, and one of the ones that I'd just like to follow up on, if I could, I want to follow up on the piece where you talked about what I wish my administrator knew, Mm -hmm. because it reminds me of... Of, as like the next level to something I did with my staff, because I think you need to as a leader, I think you need to understand how you 're viewed because we all have blind spots, and so I had them complete a mentee word cloud with three words that describe me and how I lead the building and the reason I did that is because i have so I, I view myself a certain way, and i I view myself as a certain type of leader, but this word cloud that these people in my building, they completed that so I could see how they saw me to make sure that I was living true to what I should be living to. And now I've put it on my wall. I actually have it on my wall next to my computer so that whenever, whenever I'm tired, you know, those days come up where you're tired, you're overwhelmed, and I have to make a decision. If I'm struggling with it, I make sure I look at that word cloud as the feedback from the staff to make sure that I am living up to who I want to be and who they see me as. But to take it to that next level of saying to the staff what they wish I knew is it, it reminds me of that passing the mic that you're talking about where, okay, great. So this is who I am and what I'm about. And you're telling me that, but now I need to know what you need from me so that I can better support you and engage you and address those passions that you've talked about. The next thing I want to know is, so this pass the mic culture, that's great to, to think and talk about, but do you have an example of what that looks like in practice?
0: I, yes. Luckily I do. And the, not to, not to go back, but I just, first of all, I want, I want the Mentimeter so I can tell you what I, how, how I view you. So <laughs> if I could get that link at some yeah. point, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's so powerful too. just, just real quick. And then I'll get into the past the mic examples about yeah. the data, right? So you fill that what I wish my principal knew form out or fill the Mentimeter out. Like you use the data, right? Like, even the Mentimeter that the teachers did, like you posted that, you want to live up to that. That's phenomenal. The Google form, right? If we just fill that out and that's it, then it's almost like, okay, well, that was great for us to you know, get off our chats. It's not that it was pointless and they see it, but especially because people can get Google formed out, right? I think it's key. And I think George Caros talks about this a lot. I think I've heard Beth Hoff and Shelley Burgess. There's what you do with it is so pivotal. Right. Right. So I think that's just like a great point as that can lead to deeper conversation and you know, what can we do this with this information and and how can I help? So I appreciate you pointing that out, Chris. And I think you're a phenomenal leader for reasons just like that. In terms of the pass the mic, I think it's really interesting because it made me kind of think of, I'm thinking of examples of where I've passed it, where if it's it's been passed to me where I've passed it to students and where I've even passed it to administrators. So I feel like there's so much flexibility. And I, I have done um, presentations before where I put the scene of bridesmaids where they're um, fighting over the mic yeah, in the, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, I
0: know exactly it's like what the engagement you're talking party. about. I mean, there, there's so yeah. many parties in that movie to celebrate so many different pieces of the wedding because it's oh, out of man. control. But it's so funny because when that happens and it's a culture of competition and mic hogging, then very little gets done and the relationships um, are are not positive all the time, right? So I think that one example, and this is a really powerful example. A few years ago, this was awesome to me. One principal that I had made a very conscious decision that for her staff meetings throughout the, the whole year, she was going to let teachers share every single staff meeting even if it was just for five minutes, because to me, and I've heard this said said before, there's nothing more important than teachers learning from teachers, right? we say this about students all the time, right? The the power that they have to teach each other is huge. And that teacher collaboration and student collaboration is just, it's gold, right? Like you, you can't touch it. And so having heard her say this, I was pumped about it. And in fact, when she had like really crazy busy weeks, I'd be like, do you need me to find somebody to share during a staff meeting? Because I'm like all over it. Um, It ended up being really powerful that I think teachers looked forward to it. And what I was so honored to do with a colleague who I always think of as like my very first crewmate, kind of like that that lone nut video, right? Like one person equals crazy, two people equals a movement. And how that first follower is huge. And we, we kind of followed and led each other. She gave us, our principal gave us the first 15 minutes of our first day back staff meeting. So when you're the administrator of the building and the first crucial piece to launch the year, you're handing the mic to two of your staff members for 15 minutes. Like that was huge. I think I'm remembering it correctly. It might, I, I think it was in the the year. Anyway, I'm <laughs> pretty, I'm like 99% sure. But either way, right? Like, and, and what did she give us time to talk about? She gave us time to talk about passion, right? That's and awesome. we talked about purpose. And this teacher and I had actually known each other in another life um, in college sports. And she was a coach when I was a, a player at BU. And so we connected it to, to sports. And I think the theme was like, the time is now. And I remember a colleague coming up to me later and saying, hey, Neely, it's, Is this like a program? You know, just that (laughs) idea of talking about passion. And then our principal's idea was for everybody to bring a picture of something that mattered to them. And so we connected over that and people were talking. And then we said, well, what matters to you in school, right? And how we can bring passion to school. And it was really powerful to set the tone that way. And then what I love that my principal did, I'm gonna be really honest with you. There were a couple of times, and I was guilty of this as well, where people went over like the five or 10 minutes that they were allotted and she let them. Right. And that was that was huge because she was so invested and could see the power of it. So that's one example. If you can just open it up, even if teachers don't decide to share, and so many rose to the occasion, right, and we were able to learn so much from each other, but just saying it, I'm going to give. I'm going to give teachers time to get up and share something that they're trying, that they took a risk in, that they found impactful with students. It matters. It really does. So I thought that was a great example of my principal being willing to do that. And, you know, Along the same lines of that sort of untouchable time, where teachers were going to have the mic, it's kind of like passing the mic to your students, which I you know tried several years ago and then helped other teachers with. It was that genius hour time, right? Like after yeah. reading "Learn Like a Pirate" and Don matrix's book "Pure Genius," I was like, okay, my kids are running the show, and I didn't care if there was a discipline issue. That time was untouchable. Once a week for forty minutes, it wasn't a whole hour always. They did their projects and they were teaching me and they were teaching each other, and they ended up being. Phenomenal. So for principals and obviously for classroom teachers, if they can find time where students are taking the mic and they know the mic is theirs, or we're trying a student ed camp, right? But something where they're in charge and they're experts and they're learning and teaching each other, it doesn't just become that one time a week. It becomes part of the culture. And if you are, if you're a teacher, I cannot recommend Learn Like a Pirate more. If you're really wanting your students to grab the mic and be leaders in your classroom, it's a phenomenal book. I mean, they can even earn Silent Day at the end of the year and you don't talk. This is Paul Solars, right? This is his genius idea. And I did it. And listen to me right now. You know I can talk. Do you know how hard this was for me? (laughs) (laughs) It was so, so hard. And then in terms of like passing the mic to my colleagues, if you are brave enough to run any kind of rogue PD, right? From mm-hmm. any role that you're in, I don't care what role you're in, right? I even have students leading PD and that's another great way to give them the mic. If you create something, like I had an optional staff meeting once, it was people had to be there, but what we ran was optional. And my, my, my crew and I, right? We did the pirate theme, EdCamp style PD. I reached out to colleagues and I did this in two different buildings. And I said, Hey, I think it would be really awesome if you shared this. Do you want to join me in this? Is anybody interested? Like I opened the door to everybody, but I I really tapped a few colleagues who I thought would be interested in sharing. And I spoke very little. They ran the show. And I remember in one school, somebody said at the end in a reflection, I would have bought a ticket to this PD.
1: Oh, there you go. Right, so out of, like, right out of oh, Teach like a so pirate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: So that was just this just a few examples of how the mic right. can be passed um, back and forth. And I am lucky to say that, you know, I am in a culture that I believe is a true pass the mic culture. I think you can feel it um, even now in this really weird time that we're still in. And I think that, you know, lastly, we just we can't forget that. It's it's also important that if you have an idea and you think you could empower an administrator to pass the mic to them, you know, I, I, I current principal, Teresa Carney, who, you know, Chris, and she's phenomenal. Yeah. Like I was like, I don't know if a principal would ever want to present with me, but I handed her the mic and I said, would you join me? And it's been so awesome and so fun and to do presentations with her together on perspectives of a thriving culture from two different roles. It's been really powerful. So more than enough examples probably that what we you yeah. were looking for, but <laughs> that 's how much I love this concept
1: no that's that 's fantastic because it is such a powerful concept and, and she 's taken to it it 's a good thing you passed the mic to her because she did a great job in that presentation that I saw you doing so she 's like the best Hey, everyone out there. I hate to do this, but I love to do it at the same time look neely 's giving out so many examples and great things that can be done by leaders to help support, engage, and empower their teachers, That I need to break this episode into two parts. I really don't want to try and cram it all in and have you miss anything that she's saying. So look, check the show notes for her contact information, but better yet, share this episode and come back next week after inviting other people to, to catch part two of this fantastic interview with Neely Bartley. Thanks. Well, that's a wrap, but not the end. Next step. Be sure to take action on something you heard here today. Thanks for listening to the Scene to Lead podcast. If you'd like to connect for any reason, email me at drchrissj at gmail.com or catch me on Twitter at drcsjones. If you've gotten any value from the Scene to Lead podcast, you can help me and other leaders create a world-class environment through a teacher-centric approach by subscribing to the show, leaving an honest rating and review, and sharing this episode on social media with With your most valuable takeaway, learn more at drcsjones.blog. Continue to improve and go have a successful week.